check, check. Mic check. Thursday, March 27th, 2014, Fly Racing, Moto 60 Show, presented by NFAB. Appreciate it. Let's talk a little bit of St. Louis Supercross this weekend. We can touch on what happened in Toronto. Pretty crazy, crazy deal. And uh, we welcome you guys on board with us. Uh, Fly Racing designs its racewear to complement a rider's natural movements on the bike. No unnecessary distractions, straightforward, no-nonsense function, fit, and style. Fly Racing products are distributed exclusively in the United States by Western Power Sports, and we are giving away, just to a random caller, a set of F-16 fly gear, retail value over 120 bucks, pants, jersey, gloves. We're just going to give that away to, uh, I don't know, somebody we think, we think is a good caller here on the uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 show. And, of course, NFAB, for the finest truck accessories out there, NFAB has you covered. Step systems, light mounting solutions, bumpers, Jeep gear, dress up your rig with the best-looking stuff out there. NFAB accessories are hand-built in Houston, Texas, and they deliver world-class quality and performance. Toyota depends on NFAB for some of their products. To learn more about NFAB products, visit n-fab.com, and we thank those guys for coming on. And they're so pumped that they are going to give away two tickets to St. Louis Supercross, courtesy of NFAB, to uh, somebody who uh, is a deserving person who wants to go to St. Louis. And uh, we're looking to give those away. And Jason Wygant... Jason Thomas, the usual three musketeers, we're, we're all, they're both joining us today on the show. And uh, we're looking forward to having those guys on. And we think that we uh, should be able to get some Supercross talk in. And uh, so I'm Steve Mathis, as usual, with me uh, producing the show, taking your calls, handling things behind the scenes. The Tis Legendary. Hello, Steven. I made a crucial mistake with you. Okay. You were borderline late today. I, is, this is true. I could dock your pay. But once again, I have paid you in advance. Yeah. Terrible move. No. <laughs> to you. You'd think you'd learn from your mistakes, but no, clearly you haven't. No, clearly not. Uh, hey, this uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by NFAB. I think we're coming back for outdoors, Tits. Seems like everybody's having a good time. Fly Racing, NFAB, and uh, lots of calls and, uh, and everything else. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll bring it all back for outdoors. 12 rounds at Lucas Oil AMA Motocross Championships. How pumped are you, Tits, on a scale of 1 to 10? Pretty, pretty pumped. Maybe like for you, a, that's a three, like four, a nine, three or four for normal people. Three, three or four for you. Nine for normal people. Nine for normal people. Yeah, right. there we yeah, go. Something like that. Yeah, seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. Give us a call and uh, tell us what's on your mind. And uh, like I said, we're giving away a set of F sixteen gear as well as two tickets to St. Louis. Tits, what do you think of Toronto? Some high drama. Um, for 
the championship chase, I was really hoping RV wasn't going to race. Of course. Oh, I wanted everything to get tightened well, up. Well, Dungey's your guy. He's well, 31 not, back. Not even so much that, just oh, in general. stop Obviously, it. Dungey getting back up into the into the, the fight would have been wonderful. But just <laughs> wonderful. In, wonderful. But just in general, it would have been fun to you know tighten things back up. But you got to take your hats off, as they say, to Stu. He was a man on another level. He was. He was incredible. We were in Canada. Yeah. In Croyable. In what? In Croyable. I don't know what that it's is. It's French for incredible. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. We were in Canada. He was great. He was fantastic. Uh-huh. And uh, so your guy, Dunge, only made up like six points on him. Yeah. Obviously, that's uh, – we would have liked to have done we, better than we, that. We, we yeah, would have liked that. We. Uh, but, you know, it, really it's more of the same. So Adam you know, Cincerillo out oh. for – out for oh, the season. Oh, man. Seriously, I, I'm, I'm gutted for the guy. Mm-hmm. I was Three uh, to four months. I was one of the people who was saying, you know, I think he can take home the championship. I thought there's a chance. Obviously, that's not going to happen. He's no, out. no. But, yeah, super, super bummed. 702-586-7857. Give us a call if you have uh, anything on your mind. Let's get right to the phone lines. Uh, Jason Wygant is coming up first here on the show. Molly Lou. What's going on, Steve? What up, man? Not much. You think RV is going to be 100 percent this week? I've been talking to him this week, and he certainly seems like he's 100 percent in terms of, uh, you know, he blames Canada, he blames me, he calls me an idiot. Uh, he seems like he's in good good health. Uh, you know, he he wrote a little bit on his uh, web page about how he just had stomach pains. I, I'm I'm no doctor, but it seems to me if you have really bad stomach pains, you can't practice. And they never really found out what it was, according to RV. That's kind of scary. Maybe it's just constipation, because that's something that would pass. Really? Well, as soon as he, you know, yeah. has his movement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Doctor Doctor Sundell in the house. <laughs> crippling constipation. Um, maybe I don't know if that happens to like twenty-four-year-old dudes, but maybe. Very strange. Anyways, um, I, yeah, it seems like it. Motley Lou seems like he's good, man. All right, and a good call on the pizza pizza last week. Not bad, right? It's close to the dome. It's it's not bad. It's not great pizza, but it's easy, quick, convenient. It's good enough. Good enough. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks, Lou. Yeah. Hey, did you get my email? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I got to work on that. You just reminded me of that. Damn it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Let me work on that. All right. Sounds good, man. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Bye. All right, everybody. Uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB. So... With Cincerello's injury, subsequent surgery, he's out for the year. Doesn't it seem like Tyler Bowers could just jump right in? He did last year. And his arena cross wraps up this weekend. He's got an 18-point lead in there. He mentioned on the Pulp Mech show that he was thinking about hitting up the uh, Supercrosses with his team. But couldn't you just see Mitch uh, plucking him out and having him ride around there and, of course, not get into uh, Martin Davalos's way at all? Uh, I, I got a good chance that, um, uh, that it could happen. I think, uh, um, I would look for that. Of course, uh, we have St. Louis this weekend and then Houston. So Houston's a West coast round, but, uh, East coast, New York's New York giant stadium. We'll see what happens. Let's get to, uh, doc doc. What's happening? Hey Steve, what's up? What's up, man? How are you? Good. How about you? I'm great. What's your question? Hey, I was um 
I want to be a provider when I, when I get older. Yep. And if I don't make it like that, which one will be better, media or to be a mechanic? It's a great question. I think you should just. I think you should just try to be a pro rider. They're they It's much, much, much better than either mechanic or media guy. So you got to be talented enough to be a media guy and a mechanic. They both take different sets of skills. So yeah. you know, you, it depends on which one you like better. Some people like the mechanical end of things. Some people like the typing and the talking. People tell me I'm a better media guy than I ever was as a mechanic. So there's something you know. You got to see where you where you're best at, Doc. All right, man. But you should definitely go for the pro mecha- pro racer first. Yeah. Thanks. All right. See you. All right. Still looking to give away a uh, set of Fly Racing F16 gear and, of course, two tickets to St. Louis. Let's welcome on to talk a little bit about the 450 class. .com's, uh senior online editor management person, Jason Wygant. Uh, yeah. All those things. All of it. All of it. Now, yep. You, yep. You're just coming back from riding, or you went riding already, or you're just, you're going riding? Going, going riding. I'm probably going to get lost because I'm now on the phone instead of looking at my map. Let's put it that way. Oh man, that's that's yeah. ugly. Um, and I'm going to I'm going riding at the former, the X, the original JGR track, which they no longer use, but a bunch of uh, off road guys have like commandeered it. So I'm going to go ride there. Really? Oh, very. And some history soaked in. History, this is a sunny. Summy and uh, and Hanny proving grounds. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> proving grounds. That's uh, yeah. Hey, a guy. I don't think Hanny made it out there much. I don't think Hanny made it out there much. No, I don't think so uh, either. There was a there was a story about the JGR guys hiding um, uh, an hour meter on his bike. Oh and, no! And getting it back with you know under two hours on it after you know six months or something. So of course, yeah, of course, right? Yeah. Um. Uh. Hey, so some a kid just called and said. If he doesn't make it as a pro rider, should he become a mechanic or a media guy? Um, I told I'm him to ju- say sweep. What, what, did you, what did you say? I just told him just pray on that pro rider working out because neither job is <laughs> neither job is as good or glamorous or anything. <laughs> yeah, the uh, you're going to work pretty much seven days a week regardless and travel the same regardless. You will get paid more if you're as you're halfway decent as a racer. If you're the absolute best mechanic or media guy, you're still not going to make enough money to really justify the hours you're putting in. No, no way. That's you won't that. get hurt, though. You don't get hurt, though. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. Pain, yeah. The pain will be much better. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, unless a rider wants to punch you out while you're, while you're for something you wrote. Um, or shoot you. Yeah, or shoot you. Hey, so yeah. let's talk 450s. St. Louis this weekend. couple things. Uh, Trey Kennard's coming back. Fly racing, Honda, muscle milk. Trey Kennard. Where do you have him? Where do you put him? Uh, I think right now, I, I would assume he's not really rushing back. So I, I would think he's, you know, in fairly good shape and, and ready to roll. Obviously, it's not like he just got back on the bike. I think he's been riding for a few weeks. So I'd put him, I think he could be right in that next group, you know what I mean, where, where these guys are shuffling every week, uh, where Tickle was. He's out now, but Shorty, um, Hill, a lot of those guys. I guess 5 to 10-ish. Yeah. I could see that happening. Yep. Yeah. Do you eventually... See him podium guy? Can he can he can he can he make up that much ground on everybody and, and get into the podium? I don't know. There's only really five races left. There's not a lot of time. I know there's one weekend off, so that gives you a little extra time. Mm-hmm. But uh, but that's that's going to be tough. I mean, for example, between uh, Stuart Villapoto, Dungey, and Roxon, one of those riders is going to miss the podium every week anyway. 
Mm-hmm. So to be better than two of them or to have two of them crash, uh, that's going to be tough. Oh, you got to throw Barsha in there too now. He's kind of rolling. So it, that wouldn't be that easy, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. 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 We've seen him. Remember, he came back and, uh, what did he get, a third right away at one of his first Supercrosses a couple years ago? He came back at Millville and did get third overall on national, but that no, but you know, in, in Supercross yeah. when he got hurt and he came back, I swore he jumped in. Or maybe it was just when he was a replacement guy, he got third at his second race. Maybe that. Was oh it. yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. But I mean, that was that's almost the, the full difference. He did ride awesome then. There's no doubt about it. But that was the absolute injury decimated. That's uh, true. Season. Yeah. And no, I mean, you get podiums when you're a 250 guy in the 450 class. It's awesome. I'm taking anything away. But like I said, mm-hmm. I just named five guys that have been racing all year long that are going to be very hard to beat right. just because you haven't even been there, let alone everything else. St. Louis uh, should be good dirt. Everyone loves St. Louis dirt. I hope so, but, man, it's, it's getting <laughs> hard to predict nowadays. You notice this? Like, yeah. The track, like Atlanta has it's probably night and day from what it was. Uh, Detroit wasn't what anyone thought it would be. There aren't any monster truck races or anything in St. Louis scheduled around like, like Detroit, but still, man, it's hard to predict nowadays. Yeah. It usually is pretty good. Um, are you? Are you? Did you read observations from on RaceRx Online this week? I assume you did. Um, I have to. It's my job. It's your job to make sure I, I don't get any RaceRx in any ton of legal trouble. Um, uh, it's just my job to make sure David doesn't get mad. Pretty much. Uh, what about the Nets idea? What about the Nets? I think you got to be careful when you throw things out there without asking someone if it's even physically possible. I think it's a great idea. It's, of course, physically. What, what do you mean it's not physically possible? I have no idea. How do you know it's physically possible? Uh, to mount two poles with a net in between? I, I, that, can catch, that can catch a 200-some-pound motorcycle. Let me, going, let me head to Home Depot and figure this out. Let me go to Home Depot and figure this out. You bury the poles in the dirt, you know, on the east side of the corner. They don't move. In the dirt. The dirt. You can bury two poles deep enough in dirt. That's on a stadium well, floor. You have a base. How, how deep is the dirt? A couple <laughs> feet. You have a base. You have a base. A wide base. Use concrete. You don't. You don't. You don't need to. Uh, I mean, it doesn't need to. The bike doesn't need to hit the the net and just bounce off. It can be absorbed. It can be. It, it can move a little bit. But it's a perfectly good idea. It's a great idea. Can it be executed though? That's the thing. Of course, oh. it can be executed. Give we me... can put a man on the moon. Thank you, Tits. They do not own the stadium. I don't know if they can get into concrete or bolts I, or any of those I things. Didn't, so I'm now, not saying concrete or bolts. Tits owns a concrete company. His family does. That's why he wants concrete. He wants the contract to do it. Uh, I, but I see. Uh, no, you, you compared something that is catching a hockey puck to something that is catching a flying motorcycle. Okay, first of all. Use metal cabling. First of all, how often would this come into effect? Not very much. Would the bike, would, would anybody be wide open? Off the berm to 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 have so speed yet you would knock these nets down. No, it would be a completely sort of accidental oops into the net. You know. Yeah, but it's not. They're not doing this um, for physics. They're doing it for lawyers. I'm sure. So you have to have something that essentially the lawyers will sign off and say, under no circumstances will riders end up in the stands. Sounds good. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, that, I, that might not be as easy to build as as you're making out to be. I mean. You're talking about netting that stops foul balls in baseball and errant pucks in hockey, and instead of a baseball or a puck, it is now a 200-some-pound motorcycle. Well, what do you think? It's this totally different deal. It's coming into a turn. Do you think the bike's going to be wide open in fifth gear when it hits the berm? I mean... Well, if, if, it was, if they weren't worried about that happening, then you probably could have berm. But apparently what they're worried about is 
someone hitting it at a decent amount of speed to where the bike can catch enough air. I mean, they never build – the corners don't go six inches from the stands. There's probably always five or ten feet, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. The neck can even absorb the five or ten feet. It's, it's a brilliant idea. It can, it can totally be done. Totally be done. I think what you need to do is actually ask someone at Feld or ask the track builders and say, can this totally be done? Before you say, can this totally be done? Oh, what, what if they tell you, we've actually thought about it and it can't be done? Uh, no, it can be done. I don't, even, I don't even, if they tell you it's not can't be done, it's because they don't want to spend the money to do it. It can be done. Absolutely. Is, okay, so it can be, that is excellent journalism on your part. Thank you. You are just going to assume in your mind, without asking any sources or any people whatsoever, that it just can be done. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Yep. I, okay. I 100% fully believe that a net mounted on a couple of poles that are underneath the dirt and have a wide, heavy base to them could stop any sort of motorcycle from flying into – And remember, the first five, what, five to ten rows of a stadium are blocked off, I think. Um, they, don't, they don't sell you to get that close. So you, need, you now need to just put a net up that stops a bike from going t- 15 feet to the wall – and another 30 feet for the first five or 10 rows that are blocked off. So essentially, you need a net to stop a bike for 45 feet. How fast would that bike have to be going to, to break the net structure and, 45, and clear 45 feet? I think your point is if you're going to make it sound like they're so, the stands are so far away, then you don't even need net. I mean, if you're saying they're hardly ever hitting the speed and they're 45 feet away, there's seriously nothing to be worried about. But well, they already are worried about it. Well, it happened one time in Supercross history. Now, I understand that one time, if it happened again, they could be in trouble. I understand that. Uh, yeah. But at one time in Supercross history, as a bike flown into the stands, Matt Gerke, Indianapolis, and I understand that they immediately shit their pants. I, I get that. But yeah. So I'm ready, to, I'm ready to, in one time in 40 years, to let that go and just protect everybody else against the other – 39 years and 16 races that it didn't happen. What bums me out about these situations is, essentially, by saying this, you make it sound like they're just stupid, and that's the reason they don't do it, because they're just dumb. When there might be a completely logical explanation for it, but since you're not going to ask, you're just going to assume that they're idiots. I can ask. I can ask. I mean, yeah, You should ask. You should ask for you to throw that out there. They might say, it's not possible, or... We have to do this for legal purposes, and it is impossible to build one that legally. And you can say, hey, it only happened once in 40 years. I don't care. Well, they do. They're the company that's going to no, get No, no, and that's why I understand not putting the berms there. I understand that. Yes. I wouldn't criticize them for not putting the berms in because we, if it happened again and some lawyer got a hold of the fact that it happened with Matt Gerke, then they're in, they're in big trouble. I get that. I absolutely get that. Yes. But – you can come up with a solution for it. You can make a progressive solution for it. Perhaps. I mean, all right. You should ask. Let's um, let's move on. Well, okay. Perhaps I will ask this I weekend. wish the berms were there, too. I'm not going to argue. I wish the berms were there. Yep. All right. So we're assuming RV is going to be healthy. We, we assume. Uh, seems like he's been fine. I've been talking to him this week a little bit. But could you see Stewart just – just starting to rack up the wins, just straight up using his confidence, using his demolishing of the field in Toronto, and just could you see Stewart ripping off a bunch of wins? Yeah, I mean, if you really think about it, Stewart's won every race lately that he hasn't had something dumb happen. You know what I mean? He's won four of seven, right? Yeah. Four of seven. So 
he's been riding awesome. He's probably been, out of these seven races, he's probably been the best rider. He had mm-hmm. a front-end washout, a first-turn crash, and a dented header pipe. He's really riding. I think Toronto just happened to work out even better. There just happened to be some jump that he could do that not everyone could do. That's not always going to happen. You know, in Detroit, it didn't work that way, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not always going to be that easy, but uh, I think he's riding better than anyone else in the series is right now. Whether, I don't even think he needs confidence. It's nothing right. to do with that. He's just Dane Stewart. He's on a roll. Hey, he can't win this title, though, right? What's yeah, that? I'm getting a little worried about. <laughs> no, what? Okay, you probably don't, yeah. Um, you know me. I'm not a big fan of the pre-calculating point. <laughs> no, you're not. No. Yes. Very, very not a big fan of that. Look what happened to Cincerillo, for example, right? Yeah. So, backing into a title almost never works. It almost never works. When you have a big points lead, you're just getting thirds and fourths and someone else is ripping off wins. It Seriously, the, that almost never works. We were talking about Trey Kennard earlier. How did that work out against him and Porcel? Porcel was just, oh, I've got a big points lead. I'll just cruise. I'll just mm-hmm. get fourth. I'll just not go to the press conference. I'll just do this and do that. Once you give someone momentum and you don't have it, it's dangerous. And this, I'm not saying RV is going to blow this, but it's not as awesome, I think, a circumstance as it looks like. Right. That makes sense? Yeah. He's uh, 39 down. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be tough, but, geez. Yeah. He certainly – I mean, he can, he can beat Villapoto straight up every weekend if he's on it and if he's good. I don't know if anybody else can. So, that's only three points a game. But you got, one of these times, I think – Pride will take over for Villapoto, you know what I mean, and he'll wanna he'll wanna race with Stewart, he'll wanna beat Stewart, and maybe next maybe a mistake happens. I don't know. Um, yeah, and I think Villapoto is smart enough to know that you can't back into it either. So I don't think any of the races where he got second in Detroit or he got second behind him in San Diego, I don't think he was pumped about that at all. You know, I always always say they don't have a calculator on the handlebars. He didn't get beat in that race and say whatever. It's only three points. Yeah, he knows that someone else winning more races than him is a problem. Yeah, uh, I think he's been trying already. Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with you. Uh, does Ken Roxon? Does Ken Ken Roxon went from first to uh, fifth this past weekend and mentioned his legs retired? Do you think is this just a one-off deal? I mean, he had he's had a couple of races where he scored one point, uh, a DNF, and uh, and then a bad crash. Do you see like maybe the long season catching up to him? I, I mean, it, it kind of happened last year in the Nationals, but he also didn't have Alden Baker last year. Well, that's what Alden does, right? He overtrains his guys. Isn't that what he does? <laughs> trains them. If you don't like uh, Alden Baker, yes, that's what he does. He overtrains his guys. Yes. Yes. If, if you do like Alden Baker and you look at the stats, um, his guys win almost every title that they're going for. So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll err on the side of that. But um, I think in general we were all flipping out after Roxon won in uh, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh-oh, uh-oh, how are these guys going to get along? Mm-hmm. I think that's just the experience of Villapoto saying, just because he's 10 points behind me at the halfway point, I, that doesn't mean that we're going to Vegas. It doesn't mean that that's going to happen. Right. And it, it does. Like, inevitably, the junk that happens to riders in their first year in the class did happen. Um, whatever it is. We're getting yeah. tired, wearing down, just making a mistake, having bad luck. Whatever right. it is, it happened. And now we don't hear much talk about there's no way they can get along because they're battling anymore, do we? No, no, that's a good point. We don't, do we? Um, no. Rough, rough Toronto for Team Baker. Rough Toronto, rough Canada trip. 
Yeah. Yeah, gee yeah. whiz. Um, uh, a fifth, a sixth, and a, out for three to four months. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, let's, yeah. uh, let's take some calls. We've got a lot of calls here for you. Uh, Evan, what's happening? Hey, guys. Um, hey, Weed. Um, hey, what's Not much. Um, the, the podcast that you did, that, that you two did together, that by far, besides some of the top riders from the 80s and early 90s, the, besides the riders, that's one of my favorite podcasts, like, ever with all the wrestling stuff that really took me back to my, back to my days as a kid. Um, I thought that was great. (laughs) Um, Very excited to hear that. (laughs) Yeah, did you catch Hulk Hogan? He was on Crowd Goes Wild yesterday on Fox Sports 1. All right. Okay. Let's. Let's. Uh, all right. All right. right Moving on from that. Thank anyway. you. Thank you. Um, is there any um, news on the, the TV deal for the outdoors this year? What channel it's going to be on? Or I think they already. I think it's already been out, but they announced it so long ago that no one remembers. Um, from what I know, and you would think I would know well, but the only thing I know right now is that they did ask for my shirt size this week. So <laughs> I'm doing something. I don't know what logos are on yeah. the shirt. I don't know how many shirts I'm going to need, but I'm doing something. I'm getting a free shirt. Um, I believe it's going to be Mav TV will have the first motos, whereas Fuel will have them before, and uh, and then NBC Sports will have the second motos, except for a few that will be on the regular NBC network. Um, I, what I don't know about is the Internet access, but I would be shocked if uh, the motos aren't on the Internet like they have always been. I think that's part of what ally sports that's part of the thing that they're buying into it's not just to get it on tv it's to build up their website so i would assume all four motos are going to be on the web again do you, we, do you have time warner cable where you are yeah i do yep do you have the bev tv channel right now or don't you have that on your package you can get it you have to pay for a certain i had to pay for one deal to get fuel now i got to pay for another deal to get mad but it is available you have to pay right we just is going to be heartbreaking for you you have to pay to hear yourself to see yourself on tv been no, doing it for years like three dollars a month i had to pay to get fuel it really did hurt and uh also too uh, i don't know Weege, if you can say but there's been a few changes with the talent i don't know are you ready to drop that or not yet uh I don't know if I'm supposed to be the one to do it, so I'll just say that when you see the people, you'll be like, sweet, these people have been around. I know who they are. They haven't been on the TV show last year, but they're, they're people that know what they're doing that are deep into the motocross world. Girl and guy. There we go. All right, thanks, Evan. And there, there's going to be a lot of accents. It's going to be a lot of accents. Take it easy, guys. Thanks. All right, thanks. A lot of accents. I like that. Uh, Josh, you want to talk about Trey Kennard? Yeah, I do. How you doing, Stephen Weech? Hey, thanks for calling. What's up? Yeah, no problem. Hey, I was... Um, Super pumped that uh, Trey is returning this weekend. Love the dude. He's a rider and a, and a man. But uh, I've only seen Trey ride one speed, and that's balls to the wall. I mean, how do you how do you think he's going to come back this weekend? Do you think he's going to be a little more reserved, or do you think he's going to be his typical Trey self? I think he's a little smarter about it. He's out of this championship hunt. Like we said, a 5-10, to 10, you know, is good. Nothing wrong with that. And then just kind of work better. Take it as Take what you can get. I just – I think he's tired of being hurt, so I don't think he's going to go balls to the walls, and I think he'll take what he can get. Yeah, he's been hurt so many times before and come back, you know, in the net. So I I don't know. (laughs) Hard to say. But um, you were talking about uh, Bowers coming in and filling in for AC. Right. I I don't see Bowers coming in just trying to coast around, staying out of 
Martin's way. Oh, I mean, no. he's going to want, he's going to want to, he's going to want to win. He's a winner. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if uh, Mitch will want it, want it, that liability. I don't know. Yeah, I guess we'll see, huh? Yeah. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Weege, I, I, uh, I predicted Bowers comes back for uh, AC Rides Giants Stadium in Vegas. What do you think? Yeah, it's a possibility, but remember, the team isn't really decimated by injuries. They still have two riders with Davalos and Baggett, and two is as much as you normally have. Mm-hmm. Like, this weirdo deal than having six was strange already. Yeah. Uh, they, didn't fill, you know, they didn't fill in for, for Durham when he was hurt. Right. Uh, still have to see. I, I do have to admit, the last couple times that Prince Circuit guys have been in a close title fight, Mitch had his other guys stay completely out of it. I yeah. remember Porcel against... Canard a couple years ago at Pala, and we were running all these circumstances, and Dean Wilson just went out and won the motos. Didn't do anything to help anybody. Yeah. So uh, I think I think he's right. If Bowers is there, he's just going to race for himself. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, Mitch isn't the guy to do that, but I just think that uh, Bowers would know that. You know what I mean? I don't think Mitch would have to tell him, but if it comes down to it and Davalos is behind him and whatever, I don't know. I guess he didn't do it last year, though, in Vegas. Uh, Morgan, yeah. Morgan, you want to talk about Trey Canard and a St. Louis 2? Yeah, real quick about Trey. You can't forget Fly Racing's own Trey Kennard from backbreaker to battling up front with Davey Millsap there A one. So yeah, don't but that, was a, out. that was a whole off season, you know what I mean? Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Anyway, just Trey Trey fans, I'd throw that in there. But um A three, everybody complains about the poor attendance, A three and all that good stuff. Well I've got a solution. What about a Saint Louis two? No, oh, Weege. No one would go to that. What? Well, so? no one in the media. No one in the industry. Wait a minute. We, we always use, for fans out there, we always use uh, St. Louis as the, the golden standard. Anaheim won. They can't, they can't handle all the people that ask for passes. But St. Louis, if you want a press pass, you want a VIP pass, you want a pit pass, you want any kind of access to anything, come on down. And, and lots of times in the in the in the past, uh, Morgan, people have been like, "I'm I'm going to skip St. Louis." You hear it all the time. I'm going to skip St. Louis, and it's nothing against the the dome's great, the city's great. It's just one of those races, St. Louis, Indianapolis. It's cold. People are like, eh, "I'm going to skip that one." You just you just hear that a lot. But uh, I think there's going to be two Atlantas, and and uh, I think there should be three or four Torontos. But uh, <laughs> other than that, I'm, yeah, I'm not too sure, Morgan. We'll see, like. You always talk about it'd be really cool to get both coasts together. You know, I figured St. Louis would be a good meeting ground for kind of in the middle of the, yeah. the U.S. There, and uh, I mean, dirt's like you said usually good. So I mean, I wish racing they, would be decent. And, I, I wish they'd do that. Wage they'd bring back to East West. That was cool. More often, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like do it a couple times, like like what they used to do. What's funny is I believe the reason they got rid of that that was a privateer thing. It was like now you're mashing what. 40, 50 really good guys in, and guys right. are going to be not in pains. I think that was the whole reason they did that. Yeah, maybe so. All right, thanks, Morgan. Yeah, yeah thanks. All right. Uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB. Still going to give away two tickets to St. Louis. Call in if you want them. And uh, a set of F-16 Fly Gear, over $120 value, courtesy of Fly Racing. A couple more calls, and then Wygant's got to go riding. Jim, you want to talk about injuries? Yeah. Hey, Steve. How are you? Hi, Jason. Hey, man. Um, hey, you know, here's my question. Um, well, first of all, what are the nature of Rock Tickle's injuries, um, and to what extent? All, all I'm kind of getting, there was, somebody put a post out, but I couldn't get it to load. But all we're getting is say prayers for Brock, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
maybe you can enlighten us a little bit there, um, or myself. Um, and then secondly, uh, see, it's Rillo, uh, why now? Uh, has he not been suffering from this for a while, or it's been long-term over his career? You know, was it mandatory, or, uh, you know, the surgery? Could he have nursed it and uh, finished out? Shed some light. Uh, Brock Tickle, T7. I think they had to put a, a brace in the back, in his back uh, to help that vertebrae out. I don't know how long he'll be out for, but I imagine a while. Someone told me like a month, but eh, I don't see that. Um, and Cincerello, they, uh he's had shoulder problems, same shoulder that he had a problem with in the amateurs. And, you know, they tried to gut it. They were thinking about gutting it out, but the MRIs went in, and, and he showed me. he told me that the – MRIs showed actual real damage that the doctor can fix, and it'll be 100%. So they decided to just do it now. He's 17 years old. He's got a lot of career in front of him. So he just uh, better to fix it now. It seemed like it wasn't going to get any better. This was the second time he'd had it come out on him. So that was sort of the thinking behind that. And uh, good enough to walk away from the title. Well, I just I don't, I think that he you know he was already down in the points and. It was gonna. It was no good. It was gonna come out again. So there was no chance for the title. Okay. So. All right. Well, thanks, Steve. I'm Jason. surprised at that. Thanks, Jim. What's that, Weech? He's been in the class a while, and you never know. I think he's going for it, but I think with Simpson, like we're concerned about what he's going to be five years from now. He could be the little photo of this franchise, so to speak. We are not taking yeah. chances blowing him out. Yeah, you know, if you talk to Robbie Renard or people around Robbie Renard, Tony Berluti or whatever, he never let things heal. He never would follow doctor's orders. It was always about trying to get back on the bike as fast as he can, and the guy just had shoulders of rubber, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, that was something that people, you know, that, that they think about Robbie Renard and what could have been had he gotten it fixed and took his time, but he never seemed to do that. So something to think about for sure. Uh, Hobo Nick, you have a bold prediction about Jason Anderson? Mathis and Weeds, bold. I have a very bold prediction. All right. Jason Anderson, multiple 450 Supercross champion in the future. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. He's hungry, man. Whoa. He's got the eye of the tiger. I'm telling you, I see it. I just, after the races, just that how focused he stays. He's already been at that point where he knows to stay in it because anything can happen. You know, you've seen him uh, get the win in Oakland when Wilson stalled his bike uh, and, you know, just hungry in the last lap, passing Sealy. I just think that this guy is going to be one of those under, you know, underrated guys and he's kind of going to come into the 450s and blow everyone away. He's going to win a couple races. And Jeez, hobo. Once, he gets, uh. once he gets the hang of it, he's going, to, he's going to be that hungry guy, that consistent, smart. He might not be the fastest guy. But I'm predicting right now, you're hearing it right here first, Jason Anderson, at least two championships in the 450. Well, we would be very excited if that does happen. <laughs> that would be awesome. I agree. I agree. <laughs> all right, only, cool. The, the, I just, uh, the only thing with that, Hobo, is what multiple Supercross champions out there, other than Jeff Stanton, didn't immediately embrace Supercross and be really, really good at it right away. This is Anderson's fourth year, I believe, in the class, and he's finally he won. Yes, he won last year, but he's had a slow and gradual build to where he's at now. And none of the multiple Supercross champions, other than say Jeff Stanton, did that kind of route. You know, I I agree with you there, but 
I know I watched the, uh, you know, Behind the Dream, and it, and it seems like he, he really didn't take things serious until lately. And uh, I don't know, you know, how, how much truth there is to that or whatever, but I, I don't know. I, I just feel like he, he got serious. He won his race last year, and I feel like he had a solid off season. He really just took time to, to prepare and get focused, and he came in this year swinging. I don't, I don't really think anyone saw this coming either. You know, I just think he, he's kind of blowing people back right now. And I, I don't know. I just, I, okay. I, I feel right. like, I feel like there's something there. I just think he's hungry and he's, and he's focused and I think he's going to get it done. You guys heard it from me first. All right. Thanks Hobo. <laughs> All right. See ya. See ya. Weege, what do you think? Yeah, I tend to agree with you. It's just, it's just the competition is so stiff. Like you can do amazing things in that class mm-hmm. and he has done amazing things, but we've seen other riders do amazing things, but you know, kind of like why the March Madness is going on right now, and it's like, how come only a handful of those dudes actually make the pros? Because there's more teams, there's twice as many teams in the March Madness tournament every year than there are NBA teams. So you would have to invent two NBAs every year to get all these guys' pro jobs. And why? what am I saying out of that? I'm saying you're taking two life champions every year and only one for 50 champs. So you're already taking 50% of them are going to not win at the level that they used to win every single year. So just keep doing the math on that. It gets harder <laughs> right. and harder and harder. Right. Uh, so does saying goodbye to you. It gets harder and harder every time. Oh, I like that. I'm just pulling into the gates of the former GGR facility. I'm very excited. Good timing here. Yeah, fantastic. Have fun riding on your 2004 YZ250F. No, 2005 KTM 250 SXF. I got a. Oh, what uh, happened? That, I must have missed that. I, I had the old Yamaha. I had the old Yamaha. Then I had a newer bike, um, newer 2005. Yeah, you went one year, one year newer. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. This is um, Nathan Ramsey. Ben Townley was talking about this bike on his uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. First, uh, the first year of the KTM 250F. What goggles and gear do you wear? I'm curious. Give us your Scott goggles. Give us your idea of your outfit. Scott goggles. And, um, I don't know whatever year, gear I got for free four years ago. Today I believe it's shit. Um, <laughs> Thomas be, JT, can you believe that? It, whatever. I, I, I remember a conversation about me sending we some gear, and then uh, yeah, he something happened, and he said thanks but no thanks or something. He's got five year old shift gear. Good job. Yeah, five years old. Five years old. Thanks, Weege. Uh, same stuff. Hepler wore Hepler gear. <laughs> so, are you in the back of a limo with some hookers? That always fit the Hepler person. Oh, it did totally. When I, when I think of ads that that you know the the RJ Thinker, the Bad Bones, and then the Hepler shift limo. Yeah, exactly. All right, thanks, Weech. <laughs> I think I. All right, Jason Thomas, welcome to the show. How's it going? Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show presented by NFAB. Still looking to give away two tickets to St. Louis, and uh, courtesy of NFAB, you want to go to St. Louis Supercross seven zero two. Five eight six seven eight five seven. We'll get you there, courtesy of Nfab, and a set. Am I eligible? Uh, no, no. Oh, and a set of F sixteen fly gear. Uh, is the BTO Sports VIP program all filled up for St. Louis? Uh, I have a couple. I have a spot or two left for this weekend in Houston. So oh. anybody out there is interested in the area, you can email me, tweet, tweet me, whatever, and we can work something out. Oh, fantastic. Um, but yeah. All good. Um, all right, let's get to the two fifty class. We talked a little bit about four fifty class. First of all. Two things that Weege and I were arguing about. One, Trey Kennard, where do you got him? Five to ten this weekend? 
Yeah, I think I picked him for seventh. Um, I, I think he's really capable, I do, of going very fast. I think you'll see some really good laps from him. But I, I don't know how strong he'll be in 20 laps yet. Um, mm-hmm. I think the big thing for him is he's going to want to finish the race and not crash or right. do anything silly in a main event. All right, but so, I think we'll I think we'll see flashes from him. I, he's always fast when he comes back. You know, speed wise is never never an issue for him. The second thing we talked about was uh, putting some nets on the outside of the berms, so it allows you to build some berms, uh, and you use a like, catch nets in case anybody gets crazy. Good idea or not? Yeah, I think it's worth looking into. My only problem would be visibility for the fans. Um, I'm not sure what that would do, how, how thick they would have to make the nets or anything like that to, no. make, to keep it safe but also keep the, that experience that people, you know, feel yeah. like they're right in the action. So, I don't know. I, I'm all for uh, kind of thinking outside the box and trying stuff like that. I know we've, we've talked about that a lot is, is pushing the envelope and seeing what we can get away with. No, I, uh, I went to, I've been to a ton of hockey games that use the netting. You don't even notice it. You really don't. You get totally used to it. So Yeah, and that, that's fine. I, I'm, more, right. I'm more concerned with with the netting that they had to use to keep a 250-pound motorcycle out of the crowd, you know what? How strong would that have to be? Yeah, that you fine. know, I don't know those questions, so no, it's fine. maybe it would, maybe it'd be fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah, Ch- I know you have a lot of data to back that up. <laughs> Chad, what's going on? Hey, Mathis, you doing all right? Yeah, we're good, man. Thanks for calling. Good deal. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Oh, nothing. Just uh, listening to the show at work. Wanted to call in, say you guys doing awesome. Uh, met you guys down in Dallas at the VIP tour with uh, JC. Uh, had a blast. Everyone should do it. I uh, was actually hoping to get up there to St. Louis uh, this weekend, but still don't know if I'm going to make it. Anyway, uh, love it when the Seven Deuce Deuce is on the show. I've listened to his uh, little segment at least three times. Uh, the <laughs> kid's a blast, full of life. Yeah, uh, it, It's really great what he's doing for uh, the sport and the privateers. So. Yeah, anyway, just no, wanted to is. say thanks. And, uh, yeah, that's yeah. about it. No problem, Chad. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Cool. Yeah, thanks, thanks also for the uh, the kind words. Definitely trying yeah, hard yeah. to give everybody uh, a good time. For I, like, sure, so. I like how Chad says he's listening to this at work. That's awesome. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> pretty common. Yeah, I think it's common too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Justin wants some St. Louis tickets. Justin. Yes. You want some St. Louis tickets courtesy of NFAB? That would be great, yes. Do you have tickets already? I do not, know. Oh, there you go. It'll work out perfect then. All right, stay yeah. on, stay on hold. Tits will get your information. Okay, thank you. All right, no problem. Uh, It'd be pretty cool if we gave tickets away and then they scalped them. I know, right? Wow. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, we had an incident on the Pulp Show. People had the tickets, and they were still called. Two guys called in for the tickets, and they both had tickets. So it was really, yeah, that's what I mean. Right, yeah, right, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's entrepreneurship. That's capitalism, bro. Yeah, on the track. I got to hold hold the man down on the tracker on the trail. N fabcom dot com. They got the best stuff out there: step systems, light mounting, bumpers, and Jeep gear. They've got your Jeep truck or SUV covered. NFAB products are proudly handcrafted in Houston. And Justin wins the tickets courtesy of NFAB. Folks, um, what if a ridgeline is on a, on the track or trail? Yeah, either one. Yeah, and you're still good? Yeah, yeah, you're fine. Okay, yeah, groceries in the, under, the, you know, under the bed thing? Yeah, in the trunk. Yeah, okay, yep. gotcha. Staying out of the elements. Staying out of sight of prying, thieving eyes. If there's one thing I know you like to do, it's stay out of the elements. Uh, Rugs, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? Uh, I had a question just in general if you had heard anything else about Jace Owen and if he was going to be back this weekend. No, he will be back for um, New York. 
Okay, so he's technically then going to miss his hometown race. Oh, St. Louis hometown? He, is he from there? It's also Jason Anderson's home race. Yes, well, that's that's where the question comes from. He's from Mattoon, Illinois, which is about two hours and 15 from Indianapolis, but hmm. St. Louis is only two hours. Oh, there we go. All right, yeah, he's, he's, he's going to miss it. What, uh, is there a gag order been put out on that? What's the deal there? I just – no, I, I think he's just – he wasn't doing well. He was crashing, and he was getting bad arm pump, and he was struggling, so he kind of decided to hit the reset button. You know what I mean? I didn't ask about Dean Wilson. I asked about yeah. Chase Owen. No, I think it's the same thing. Okay. So, yeah, from everything I've seen on Twitter, it looks kind of like a Jason Anderson yeah, uh, like, two years ago situation. Just just go away, go get better, refocus, and come back. Yep. You know, Like so, Amanda Bynes. Yeah, that's it, exactly. Okay. Well, uh, if, I, if I see him there this weekend, I will ask him which one is his hometown race. Yeah, I do that. All right, Riggs. All right. Thanks. 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 Uh, Chris wants to talk about Martin Davalos. Chris, what's up, man? Um, well, kind of a question for both of you. But does the pressure on Davalos now with, with his own teammate being out, does it get worse for him? Because now he's actually got to battle against more of Bowl. To where at least where Adam was there, if they won, they had a teammate winning. Oh yeah, no, he's got the number, he's got the red plate. The red plate is huge for sure. I agree. He uh, he's the guy now. He's got to bring this thing home. You know, he's got a five point he's, lead. He's never the had the red plate before, no. so it's a big deal. Yeah, right. And that's kind of what I was thinking. You know, even even say he had the red plate, and you know, Cincerello is still there. With with him being there, even if he ends up losing, it it still kind of looks good because if your teammate wins, you know the team wins. But I just figured it's got to be worse on him now that he's battling Bogle. Oh yeah. Well, I think I think either way, if if Cincerello was still out there and he had the red plate, I think the title pressure is is huge. I don't think as a team wise, I don't really think he's even looking at it like that. If this is his chance, you know, for right. I think anyone involved or anyone that knows anything about racing, this is Davos' chance at a title. It's never going to be laid out for him more than this, so it's kind of now or never type thing. Okay, well, cool. Thank you guys for the input. Chris, you uh, mm-hmm. you want some gear? Sure. Fly Racing F-16 stuff, do you ride? Oh, yeah. All right, Fly Racing F-16 gear. Uh, JT, uh, this is the uh, entry-level stuff from Fly, but the uh, racers, the guy, Albertson, Kennard, and these guys, they, they run this stuff at the races. Uh, yeah, we, we don't push this stuff as much. This used to be Ryan Clark's um, gear of choice. He ran it every mm-hmm. single weekend. Um, this is our, it's, like you said, it's our entry-level stuff, but like, uh, you know, like I was saying, Ryan Clark has gotten top tens in Supercross and this stuff, so it's uh, definitely capable of whatever you're going to put it up against. Didn't you guys run it with somebody uh, last year? Some, um, I no, was... we haven't. We haven't been marketing it as much lately, just okay. because our high end stuff is so good now. But for years, that was Ryan Clark's deal. What, like he uh, ran that every single race. What color? What color does Chris get? That's up to him. No, no, you tell him what color is nicest. No, no, no. I, I want to. I want to. <laughs> you know, we're all about customer service. Ah, jeez. All right, Chris, stay on the line. You won yourself a set of F sixteen gear, pants, jersey, gloves. Awesome, guys. Thank you, and uh, have a good show. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, so Chris Chris wins the gear. So, okay, um, uh, 250 Supercross. Baggett's out of this, right, JT? Baggett is... He has to think so. Baggett I mean, unless, is, uh, 24 unless Davos, and, Davos and Bogle take each other on the first turn, that, that's really the only scenario I can see. Yep, yep. So, 
Davalos and Bogle battling to the end. I mean, do you could you see Baggett beating both guys straight up in a in one race? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, he did at Daytona. I know. No, but that Daytona's a one-off yeah. deal. But yeah, I I absolutely do. Yeah. So you don't. If he pre- gets a whole shot. Okay. He can absolutely win. No problem. Can anyone else win? Sure. Yeah, I, I do. I think so. Okay. Um, so you're. I not, think that you're. Not, I think Jeremy Martin could win. I really do, even as bad as he's been. Uh-huh. If he got the whole shot and the whoops weren't too terribly difficult, yeah, I, I do. He's been, you know, top three, top five in time practice here lately. He's looked a lot better. Mm-hmm. So I, I sure do. I think he could win if the the right scenario presented itself. So you're not one of these, like, you don't think, like, I kind of have this feeling that Bogle and Davalos, they've been riding well, and Bogle went 2-1 the last two races. I have this feeling that both guys – Confidence, title, maybe a little more focus. I have a feeling they're going to separate themselves a little bit from everybody else, but that's just kind of what I think. I think that yeah, they're... I, I I think that the two best Supercross guys. So it's you know that makes sense to think that. Right. But we've always seen so much volatility in the 250 class. It's really hard for me to just say, oh yeah, they're the two best guys, no problem. They're going to yeah. be one two from here on out. Much like we've seen from Villapoto and Dungy in years past. I just don't see that. It very well could go that way, but. These guys aren't Bill Poto and Dungy. You know, they're they're dealing with uh, kids that are up and down, and and they could get bad starts. And and Davos has shown the tendency to make all kinds of silly mistakes. So who knows? I mean, that, that's what makes that class so great is you really can't predict what's going to happen. God, you think about Davos. Okay, he flies over the berm in Toronto and nails Jackson Richardson, who's just idling around. Right? He yep. he almost dies in Detroit. Just plows himself into the ground. He loses his front end in Toronto main event. He crashes hard in Dallas. Twice, I think, in Dallas. Um, crashed really bad in Detroit, too. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, he, he crashes a lot. Let's, let's, uh, let's be real about it. He crashes a lot. Well, I was just going to say, he has to have the most, the most mistakes, bad mistakes, by a points leader in Supercross history. Like, yeah, I mean, pretty... then you start thinking about, like, his crash at Phoenix a year <laughs> right. or two ago. Right. I mean, the last year, I guess. And that guy... That guy knows how to crash, but I will say I do think he is the fastest guy in the class, even with AC in there. If you had to pick one guy for one lap, there's no way that I wouldn't pick Davos to just lay it down. So he's kind of got that James Stewart thing going on where if he doesn't crash, he's pretty much going to win, but it crashes a lot. Yeah, um, even AC said that. He's like, I got nothing for Martin speed-wise, you know, just yep. the total package holding it together and everything else. Um, well, so- one one precedes the other. You know, that, yeah, yeah. that high-speed riding so loose and fast like that is the reason he loses the front end all the mm-hmm. time. It's not, not a secret. Uh, Mick's got a question. Mick, what's happening? Is this Mick Jagger or? No, nah, Mick Dundee. Mick Dundee. Is that Mick from, Mick from Rocky? Yeah. No. Uh, Mick, Mick from Australia, but living in the U.S. All right, Mick, what's That's happening? That's not nice. This is nice. <laughs> uh, hey, I wanted to ask you guys, um, you talk about Tomac switching back to a production frame as opposed to a factory bike. Isn't the factory bike supposed to be a production frame? Like, what is he switching back to to make it a production-based bike? Yeah, the frames have to start off as production frames, absolutely. Um, but there can be gusseting, there can be welding done um, to what the what to, to what the frame to what the factory team thinks can help or can work or whatever. Um, if you can prove that it's a gusset that you know helps strength or or helps a skid plate mount or anything like that. Um, the teams can use different swing arms. You can use a swing arm from an older year 
and just bolt it on there, longer, shorter, or whatever. Um, triple clamps, races, uh, that kind of stuff. You can change races in the in the factory in the factory frames and, and change offsets. Well, you can't do that on a production frame. Okay, so it's just pulling something off the production line as opposed to something a little more specially built for the yeah, race. Yeah, and, and really, it's a touchy subject. Like, there's for sure been a lot of teams that have cheated, outright cheated with frames over the years. Oh yeah. Um, and and I and I'm and I'm not calling Honda a cheater or anything like that. Um, I don't know, but. It's out there. It happens. The AMA is not well, exactly, you know. They pretty much they pretty much were the reason that you can't polish your frame like that anymore, because they were yep. going overboard and polishing it down so far that it was thinning the frame out, and making it flex more. So, so aluminum. Yeah, there's cool. a lot to it. I mean, there's electronics. There's all kinds of things. Uh, the ECUs. The there's a ton of you know the the bikes are so much more electronically driven now than they were with carburetors that. There's a lot to the factory bikes that uh, you don't necessarily have to run. But, yeah, I think with Tomac specifically, it's more chassis stuff. I think he's just getting just uh, a little bit more back to a production-based model than the factory bike. Mick, we, uh, one time when I was at Yamaha, we closed off a cell on the inside of a frame. You know what I'm talking about, like a cell of, of an aluminum frame. You know, they're, they're, yeah, yeah. they've got webbing in them. We closed off a section on the inside of the frame down by the pivot bolt with a one-millimeter sheet of aluminum welded shut around the four corners, and the bike, without telling the riders, they got on the bike, and they were like, what did you guys do? This is shit. So that's how little you can do with an aluminum frame to make a difference, good or bad. Do you remember when, do you remember when Heath Voss put a chain yes. under, his, yes. under, his, under the cases <laughs> inside the skid plate? He put a chain, a motorcycle chain there because he said it handled better. Between the motor and the skid plate on a YZ450, and he put weight down in the bottom, and he loved it. That's crazy. So there's a lot of little stuff to do, but that's kind of the stuff that we're talking about, for sure. Okay, yeah, so just too stiff for him otherwise is kind of what you're saying. Yeah, too stiff. I don't know which which way it is, but... Yeah, they the, respond differently, basically. Yeah. You know, all the characteristics are different when you start messing with stuff like that. All the, All those little changes, linkage, chassis, races... Um, subframes, all that kind of stuff, different materials. Honda's really big on running different materials in their bolts and thicknesses in their bolts. All that stuff adds up into, you know, how the bike reacts. So you got you to gotta remember how picky these guys are, too. I mean, they're off the charts as far as little changes that, you know, like Nick Way or, or Chad Reed, those guys are, are so picky about how the bike reacts to the littlest of things. You probably wouldn't even notice, but to them, you know, they're going straight to the press and freaking out about it. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, man. Cool, thanks, guys. All right, thank you. Um, the uh, Tyler Bowers, JT, uh, I could see him coming back and filling in for um, um, AC on the East Coast for Vegas and uh, New York. What do you think? Yeah, I could see that. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> I was trying to think about who they had on the West Coast. It's been so long since those guys have raced. Yeah. Since, you know, and those guys have been out there. It feels like an eternity. Dean Hill. Uh, but, yeah, I Dean mean, Tyler Hill obviously and, uh, proved that he can do it. Dean Hill. What, why, why am I? See, it's been so long. I can't remember. The third. Yeah, it's it's insane how, how much we've forgotten about that whole dynamic over there. Who's the third guy? But Dean, Dean and Hill, Dean and Hill are their two guys. I don't even. I can't even remember who their third is. No, they got to have a third guy. That's six guys. Yeah, we're we're really bad at this. Wow, we need to we need to maybe retire from this stuff. <laughs> uh, anybody in the chat room can help me. 
what's Justin Hill been doing? I literally haven't seen a picture, an Instagram video, anything of him riding a dirt bike since the last race. Have you? No. No, it's probably a good point. No, I have not. Yeah. Uh, of course, Weird. he – did he win the last race? Did he win – was it the last one or the one before? Uh, he won uh, – who won San Diego? San Diego was the last one. Yeah, Hill. Hill won. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have it open. I have the uh, West Coast open. I guess it's Justine and Hill. I guess we're not. Yeah, crazy. I, thought, I thought it was just those two. I guess we're not crazy. Reason. I don't see anybody else in the results. Yeah. I guess we're not crazy. Um, oh, oh Durham. we're still crazy, but Durham. Thank you, somebody in the chat room, Darren Durham. Oh, Durham. Yes, crashed out though. Yes. Right. Uh, I, he'll, I imagine he'll be back for Houston. It's been a long time. He took a pretty. I would good hope so. I, I like that guy. Yeah, he took a pretty good hit in the head, but he should be all right. Um, yep. All right, JT, give me your winners for uh, St. Louis this weekend. Of course, we'll be doing this again on the uh, pre-race podcast, but uh, give me your winners for St. Louis. Uh, I look for Bill Potter to bounce back. Uh, I always pick Bill Potter, but I can't say. I've been picking Stewart a lot lately. I think Bill Potter will bounce back, get a win. Uh, there will be a lot of traction, which will help him feel more comfortable. 250 class. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Davos. That's my guy. Ecuadorian Bandito. Yes. Um, we are a fierce bunch. Good, good dirt, St. Louis. Usually, it is. Usually, usually, some, usually, maybe the best dirt. Yeah. No, absolutely. All right. Hey, man. Thanks for coming on the Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show presented by NFAB. Always appreciate it. Have fun out there right. uh, selling Fly Race wear gear to the masses. Uh, that's what we do. Yep. Thanks, bud. Yes. All right. See you. All right. Fly Race and designs its race wear to complement a rider's natural movements on the motorcycle. No unnecessary distractions, straightforward, no nonsense. Function, fit, and style. Fly Racing products distributed exclusively in the United States by Western Power Sports. And check out their line of hard parts. They make, make much more than gear and helmets and casual wear. And thanks to Chris, won the gear. Chris won the set of F-16 gear, jersey, pants, and uh, gloves. And, of course, NFAB. Dress up your Jeep, truck, or SUV with the hottest-looking, hardest-working accessories from NFAB. Thanks to uh, NFAB, we give away two tickets to St. Louis. Proud sponsors of the JGR Yamaha team. JGR, Yamaha, Toyota, NFAB team. Brayton, Grant, Nicoletti. Thanks, you, thanks everybody, for listening this Thursday. We'll be back next Thursday before Houston. Talk about it some more. Thanks, Tits. See you guys. Yep.